Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Yesterday, we are continuing our sermon series on generous gratitude. Today, let's identify what it is that stands in the way often of that gratitude, the grumbling that is so much a part of our lives. I think we all recognize that that the complaints that fill our hearts crowd out the gratitude that God wants there and makes us unhappy and ungrateful people. Today, let's use this word of God to strive to overcome the complaints that so often trip us up. I'm not sure that this was true in your home, but I do think that there are many times that that moms sort of have their own language. Do you know what I'm saying? The expressions that mothers have that, that are able to express their state of mind to you in phrases that don't always make the most sense, but you still understand exactly what they're saying. Maybe you can identify some of those things as you think back to your childhood that, that your mom said that you knew exactly what she meant. Let's try just a few. Did, did you hear any of these things growing up? Did you hear a mom who said, because I said so? I think most parents probably say that at some point, don't they? Not just moms, but, but dads as well. How about this one? Hold your horses. I'm not sure about you, but as I heard that expression, I recognized we never owned any horses. I didn't know exactly why the expression was there, but I knew exactly what my mom meant. How about this one? Don't cry over spilled milk. Again, milk was usually not involved when that expression came out of my mother's mouth, but we knew what she meant again. I'm not running a taxi service. I think many moms have felt that way, right? As they cart their children from one event to the next and there's an expectation that they'll do even more. I'm going to count to three. Maybe three wasn't your number. Maybe it was five or maybe even ten. But you understood that before that number was ever reached, you probably would do well to fall in line with what was being asked. I've had it up to here I wasn't sure where the here actually was, but, but I knew that the frustration that my mother was experiencing was something that I needed to help rectify very quickly. How about this one? If your friend jumped off a cliff, a cliff would you? That was your mom's way, wasn't it, of telling you that you didn't have to do everything that your friends did? How about this one? Wait till your father gets home. Yes, a classic mom line. That when frustration finally boils over, she knew that maybe there was someone else that could help her make sense of the whole situation. How about this last one? You'll get what you get and you won't throw a fit. Wasn't that mom's way of saying, stop complaining? That life isn't always going to be fair, but but here is what it's going to be like and I don't want to hear any grumbling about it. We know how easy it is to complain. And so today, it's more than just a mom's advice that we're seeking. It's more than just the Apostle Paul's encouragement in these words. It's God's directive to us to work at overcoming our complaints. And the Apostle Paul in these short verses that are before us today really describes two ways that we can strive to overcome those complaints. First of all, by remembering our identity. And then by second, secondly, by, by holding on to and holding out the word of life. 
Let's listen to again to those first few words of the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 to 15. He writes this, Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God, without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Do everything without arguing and complaining. Do you agree that there just seem to be some passages of the Bible, some verses in the Bible that we would just rather not read? We would rather not hear these words, do everything without arguing and complaining. Yet yeah, this is one of those verses, isn't it? You see, we understand completely that it is so easy for us to have a life and a heart that's filled with grumbling, filled with dissatisfaction, and filled with complaints. Oscar the Grouch from Sesame Street has nothing on any of us, does he? We all fall into that trap of complaining about so many things. And then we hear Paul's words, do everything without arguing, without grumbling, without complaining. Not just most things, but all things. I don't know about you, but if I had to lay out a scale in my life of, of one side being doing everything without complaining and the other side being complaining about everything, I think the needle would fall to the complaining about everything side a lot closer than to the side where I was doing everything without complaining. These words hit close to home, don't they? Because we recognize in ourselves how often negative thoughts and negative ideas fill our hearts and our minds. Consider for a minute where your thought process is on a day-to-day -day basis. Do you find yourself looking for the positive in everything or do you find yourself grumbling a little bit about things that you wish were different? 2020 has been quite a year, right? Yes, you can cue your eye roll here about all of the things that have gone on in 2020, but, but I wonder if just for a second if we, in, in our personification of a year, making the year 2020 being the punching bag of all of our complaints, that, that maybe, maybe we've actually entitled ourselves to do a little bit of complaining and being frustrated. As we look around at all the things that have happened in this world, we almost think we have an excuse, don't we? To say it's okay to be frustrated and complain about the way this year has gone? Do you remember Paul's words in Philippians 2? Do everything without grumbling or arguing? That would include our response to the year 2020 and all of the things that are going on in our world right now. Wow, that's tough to hear, isn't it? So why? Why is it that we struggle so much with negative thoughts, with complaining, with grumbling? You know the answer to that, don't you? You know that there's a part of us that, that though we are redeemed by Jesus, that we're, we are his own children, there's a part of us that still holds on to the sin that is inside of us, our sinful nature. In Romans chapter 7, the, the apostle Paul described it this way. He wrote, There is nothing good that lives in me that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire, he said, to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Why does God want us not to complain? Why does he want us to stop our grumbling and arguing? Well, the Apostle Paul reminds us, it's because of who we are, children of God. Isn't that amazing? 
in spite of my complaints, in spite of our grumbling, in spite of the frustration that we feel in this life and the way that we express it, God loves us. Loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus to take our place. That Jesus lived a life free from complaints, always seeking and doing his Father's will. And then went to the cross to die for your sins and mine. Not just the sins of complaining, but all sins. You and I have the identity through Jesus of God's dear children. That empowers us to stand out as we live our lives in this world. Isn't it amazing that God calls you and me blameless? The same description he gave to Noah in our Old Testament lesson today. It's the same word the Apostle Paul used in Ephesians chapter 5 when he described us as Jesus' bride, the church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless, the Apostle Paul wrote. That's your status before God. God considers you on the basis of what Jesus has done, holy and blameless. You see what the apostle is doing with his words? Do everything without arguing, without complaining, without grumbling. He's giving us an attitude check. He's reminding us of our status so that in our words and in our actions we reflect what God has done. The apostle wants us to check our conduct and our motives and put them in line with the high calling that God has given us as his children. We have opportunity every single day that we live in this life to represent the God who has made us his own. And when we do, others will take notice. We'll come back to that in just a moment. I'm not sure if we think about it as often as we should. What are complaints about God or what are our complaints really say? I think if we're truly honest, we have to admit that there's a little bit of a part of us that, that actually kind of likes the idea of complaining because it allows us to pretend that somehow we might know better, that we would make things better. But you realize, don't you, that every time I complain, every time we grumble, what our complaints really said, what really say to God is, God, if, if I were in your place, if I were God, I would do this much differently. I would certainly not allow the things that you have allowed. It shows a lack of trust in the love of our Heavenly Father. But we know this. We know that God does love us. We see God's love for us in the cross of Jesus where Jesus went to, to live, or to suffer and die for us on that cross so that we can live with him forever. That love of God shown by Jesus on the cross is what gives us that status as God's children. Remember your identity, Paul says. And that is how we strive to overcome our complaints. And when we remember our identity, we also hold on to the promises of God and hold those promises out to others. Listen to how the Apostle Paul describes that in Philippians 2, verses 15 and 16. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. Then you will shine like the stars. Apostle Paul picks up on a thought from Daniel chapter 12 that, that shining like the stars is the evidence of the faith that God has given us, the faith that we live in this life. You see, as, as we are filled with 
God's light, then we reflect, we become reflectors of that light in the lives that we live. When we strive to follow God's will for our life, when we strive to do things without complaining and arguing, when we approach life differently than the people around us, we reflect the love of Jesus. The Apostle Paul wrote this to the Corinthians in his second letter to them, God who said, let light shine out of darkness at creation has also made his light shine in our hearts, giving us the blessing of faith. But it's not just reflectors that we are as people who live in the light of the gospel. We also are bearers of that light. Yes, we want to make a difference in this world. We want light to shine even in the darkness of this world. And so the Apostle Paul tells us to hold on and hold out the word of life. Think about the nature of complaints for just a minute. Would you agree that that most of the complaints we have, maybe even all the complaints we have, tend to be about our life in this world, what we would like to be different here and now, they pale in comparison, those complaints, when we remember that we have something so much better. We have a life prepared for us by our Lord Jesus himself, a life with him forever in heaven. When that light fills us, when we recognize what Jesus has done for us, our identity as reflectors and bearers of that light, then we truly will shine as lights in the darkness. We will make a difference in this life. In word and action, we will point to the one who gave us life, life from, through, from sin and from death through Jesus. What an awesome calling that is for us. We know how difficult it is. We know it's impossible to live perfectly free from complaints and grumbling. But here's the beauty of what God has promised us. When those complaints rise, when the grumbling comes back, we go right back to the cross of Jesus. And there's where we find forgiveness for those sins. And in that same cross, we find the strength, the power to live as God wants us to live. What a blessing that we get to respond to God's love for us so that we accomplish the mission that Jesus came to this world to fulfill. Listen to these words of Jesus in John chapter 12. I have come into the world as a light, so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. God's will, Jesus' will for you and and me is to live in the light, and then let that light shine in the darkness of this world, so that many more will see the blessings of our Heavenly Father. Some takeaways from our sermon today. Number one, God calls us his children. So we strive to live up to our high calling. Again, what an amazing statement. What an amazing status that we have before God that in spite of our complaints, in spite of our sins, God loves us and saved us through Jesus. Number two, God strengthens us through the word of life, the good news of our salvation. Yes, when we see what Christ has done for us, when we remember God's love for us, it's that love that empowers us to live according to his will. Finally, number three, in gratitude, we strive to shine on in our lives. Let that light of Christ fill us so full that we can't help but reflect and bear that light in the world in which we live. From time to time, I've heard Christians compared to lighthouses. And I guess it's a pretty good comparison if you think about the purpose of a lighthouse. A lighthouse 
was there to warn ships, right? In the fog, in the storms, that light would shine brightly through all of the trouble to direct ships away from the shore and a rocky accident that was waiting to happen. Maybe you and I as Christians are like those lighthouses. We are not the light. It's God's light that shines through us. And yet as God's light shines through us, others can see the good deeds that God leads us to do and praise our Father in heaven. The Apostle Paul is telling us today, when we think about our grumbling and our complaining, to hold on to that light, to hold on to that word of life and shine the light of the gospel in our lives. God has set in your heart and mind the light of the gospel. And it's that light of the gospel that will help us overcome complaints and shine as beacons in a dark world so that more and more will join us for an eternity with our Lord in the beautiful and perfect light of heaven. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.